0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: The president may not be throwing out the first pitch at Nats Park, but he is currently throwing out a whole lot of other stuff. The lead starts right now. A current White House official, one who was on that now infamous July 25th phone call with the president of Ukraine, now plans to corroborate much of Bill Taylor's damning deposition, according to sources, as John Bolton may also get his chance behind closed doors. It's a favorite spot for Trump associates and foreign leaders, but now Eric Trump says the Trump Organization may be willing to unload the Trump Hotel in D.C., the reason why ahead. Plus, As Joe Biden faces questions over allowing his son Hunter to serve on the board of a foreign company while he was in office, Biden is now taking shots at a different Trump relative and his job. Welcome to The Lead. I'm Jake Tapper. We begin today with the politics lead and the president continuing to try to lie his way out of the Ukraine scandal. As sources tell CNN that a current White House National Security Council official will back up much of the damning testimony from Bill Taylor, the top diplomat in Ukraine, about Ukraine being pushed to investigate the Bidens. White House sources have told CNN the president has a communications problem regarding this scandal. But truly, this isn't really a communications problem. It is a facts problem. And the facts are bad for the president. So he seems to be trying to change them by lying and saying, for instance, that the entire impeachment inquiry is about one thing.
2: It's one conversation that I had with the president of Ukraine that was perfect.
1: It's not just about the phone call, the allegations that President Trump held up military aid to Ukraine and other things Ukraine wanted in exchange for opening investigations that would benefit him politically, including into the Biden's they're not just based on, off that one phone call, they're based on testimony that there was an entire campaign that involved multiple administration officials and the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, having multiple conversations with officials in the Ukrainian government months before the July 25th call, for example. Ukrainian President Zelensky and his team were discussing the pressure they were already feeling from the Trump administration to open these investigations, a source tells CNN. As for the president's repeated claims that the call was, quote, perfect, well, that's a judgment call, but multiple Republicans have conceded it was not only imperfect, it was at the very least inappropriate. The president tried to even lie that the Senate Majority Leader, Mitch McConnell, agreed that the call was perfect and had told him that, but here's what McConnell had to say about that.
3: The president has said that you told him that his phone call with the Ukrainian president was perfect and innocent. Do you
4: believe that the president is uh, handling this uh, Ukrainian
3: situation?
4: Uh, we've him? not had any conversations on that subject.
1: So he was lying about that? As CNN's Alex Marquardt now reports for us, there are more depositions to come, including possibly from the president's former national security advisor, John Bolton, who, according to other witnesses, had serious concerns about this rogue Trump White House policy regarding Ukraine.
4: One of the biggest names at the center of the impeachment inquiry, John Bolton, has so far been mysteriously quiet. That may soon change. A source tells CNN that lawyers for President Trump's former national security adviser are in talks with the three committees leading the inquiry about being deposed made some very big mistakes. Bolton was fired last month, the president mocking him as a tough guy. Sources tell CNN that a former top deputy of Bolton's testified that Bolton called the president's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, a hand grenade who's going to blow everybody up.
5: It uh, corroborates a lot of the other information that we had previously about, uh, Mayor Giuliani freelancing.
4: The inquiry is also expected to be ratcheted up next week with the testimony of Tim Morrison, the White House's senior official for Ukraine, who was on the infamous July 25th call between President Trump and Ukrainian President Zelensky, in which Trump asked for a favor and brought up the 2016 election and the Bidens. If you have somebody directly saying, I was on the call, this is what happened, that's direct evidence that really causes problems politically and obviously legally. Morrison, who is the first person on that call to testify, is expected to confirm key elements of the testimony of the top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine, Bill Taylor who said on Tuesday that Morrison told him that President Trump did insist that President Zelensky go to a microphone and say he is opening investigations of Biden and 2016 election interference. This was as almost 400 million dollars in military aid for Ukraine was being held up for months. Sources now telling CNN it wasn't unfrozen until September 11th, after Trump received pressure from Ohio Senator Rob Portman during a phone call a day after John Bolton abruptly resigned. And two days after U.S. ambassador to the European Union, Gordon Sondland, told President Trump that concerns were being raised that his actions amounted to a quid pro quo.
2: There was no quid pro quo at all.
4: To release that money to Ukraine wasn't only from Senator Portman, there was a deadline. By the end of September, the funds had to be given to Ukraine or they would get nothing at all. So lawmakers from both parties were urging the president to send the aid, as was Vice President Mike Pence. So finally, Jake, on that call, presidents agreed, but not before grumbling, that the U.S. was getting a bad deal. Jake.
1: All right, Alex Marquardt starting us off. Uh, let's chew over all this. Tulu, let me start with you. According to Bill Taylor's testimony from earlier this week, Tim Morrison, uh, the White House official in the National Security Council, said he had a, quote, sinking feeling about a conversation in which President Trump insisted that the Ukrainian president needed to go to a microphone and publicly say he's opening these investigations, including into the Bidens. So this would be theoretically another person at least backing up a key part of this testimony.
6: Yeah, this could be pretty damaging testimony for the White House, having someone who is a current White House official who's willing to back up what, Taylor said. We've had some Republicans say, you know, Taylor was secondhand information. He didn't hear these these conversations directly. This could be someone who was directly involved, who was directly in the White House, who was hired by the president. So you can't say this is a member of the deep state or someone who is an opponent of the president. Well, oh, sure you could. Well, the president may <laughs> still, still do that. But he the fact right. that he's still working right there in the White House and he's defying uh, the White House's call for this whole impeachment process to be deemed illegitimate, it could really damage the White House if he's backing up what Taylor said. You have to remember that Taylor's testimony was pretty damaging. And if you have multiple people backing it up, it starts to stack up the evidence against the president. Yeah,
7: But, but, but Taylor's testimony is based on Morrison calling taylor so morrison is it's asked, based on a few right. people sondland volcker so, so, so morrison the only person yeah. who was on the phone and it was exactly correct yeah morrison's going to be very important to hear what he says cnn is reporting right uh, that 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 two two sources say that morrison's going to say he didn't see anything wrong right. with what happened on the phone call that he, he, that he told, you know, Taylor, he didn't see anything wrong with it. So that's what's going to be really interesting to see when he actually testifies when he gets up there. And does that matter, Nayir?
1: Because, I mean, obviously, Morrison's uh, testimony is important. Mm-hmm. Does his opinion on this matter? I, presumably it would.
8: Right. The, the just kidding defense or, oh, no big deal, ignorance is not a defense in the eyes of the law. Um, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's wrong. And if it's about a quid pro quo, meaning that uh, the United States is holding up something that is a vital national security interest to itself and another country, for a presidential's personal favor, that is a problem. Usually in diplomacy and national security, you're you're using these tools as leverage to, to get behavior from another country. That is about advancing national security, not about personal political interest.
1: And we also have on deck a source telling CNN that Trump's former top Russia advisor said in her deposition that John Bolton, then the national security advisor, told her to tip off to tell the White House lawyers about the activities of Giuliani and others, calling Giuliani a hand grenade who was going to blow everybody up. And now we know that Giuliani, I'm sorry, that uh, Bolton's lawyers are talking to the House Democrats about uh, a deposition potentially.
3: Yeah. And John Bolton, uh, of course, comes up also in Bill Taylor's testimony, too, is really in the middle of a lot of these conversations that are happening. You mentioned uh, Fiona Hill, also uh, him raising concerns about this, these these sort of different channels of going about uh, doing business with the Ukrainians. So we'll see. I mean, John Bolton obviously left the White House under not so great circumstances. And we weren't really
1: sure what the circumstances were either. Exactly.
3: I mean, some of them seem to be about uh, invitations uh, to uh, to the to the Taliban, uh, to to Camp David, him being upset uh, about that. But the president uh, didn't have very good things to say about him. Oftentimes, while he was in the White House, uh, and then on his way out. And of course, Bolton eventually said something like, "Oh, you're you're going to hear from me at some point." uh, And this is one of those instances. Well, we'll hear from him. We'll see what he said. I think it is not good that all of these people are cooperating. Uh, You you got uh, Tim Morrison obviously defying the White House's strategy to just shut this whole thing down and paint it uh, as illegitimate and, and, and Bolton too, who is a respe- respected Republican, hard to say that he's deep state, hard to say yeah. uh, that he is against the interests of, of what is usually uh, American foreign the policy. The other interesting thing about Bolton is not a Trump loyalist, even though
8: he worked in the White House. He clearly was there because he had an ideology that he's been mm-hmm. committed to, whether it's regime change in Iran right. or a very hardline hawkish policy. Um, so if what Trump was doing was undermining what he, Bolton Thought would be good for national security. He's more likely to spill the beans.
4: Do you?
1: What do you think of the White House saying that they have a communications problem? I mean, it, it seems to me
7: that it's more of a facts problem than a communications so, problem. So look, you know, uh, the impeachment. We all know is ultimately a political mm-hmm. undertaking, right? So th- that's what this is about. This isn't about the facts. This is about how people in America perceive the facts, mm-hmm. right? Because the House is going to have to vote up and down on articles of impeachment, and then it's going to go to the Senate, when, and they're going to vote whether to remove the president or not. And so, uh, you know. It, it, unless there's a groundswell of support behind the facts, mm-hmm. the, the members of the House will won't vote for articles of impeachment. They they will not they will not move. So and, and so now you have you see these depositions being scheduled in the House the second week of November. You know Speaker Pelosi said this is going to all be wrapped up by you know by Thanksgiving. It doesn't look like that. Anymore. It doesn't look like it's even going to get close to that. And so. When, when you start talking about then you're going to be in the next year, an election year, you, you go out and read, look at the swing state, some of these polls done in the swing state, some of the, the, the focus groups, and voters are saying, hey, there's an election coming up. Let, let's let the polls take care of this. Let's let the Congress focus on what they're doing. That message resonates very, very well, and it's going to be a problem for Democrats. Yeah,
1: the polling nationally, generally supportive of impeachment. The polling in the battleground states, the, yeah. the exact opposite. Everyone stick around. Just moments ago, President Trump comparing the impeachment inquiry to the unfairness in the criminal justice system. He said this at a historical Historically black college. Plus, the anonymous senior Trump administration official has receipts, the author says, notes from conversations that the author wants to use to expose President Trump in his own words. But is there anything that could shock us at this point? Stay with us. Got some breaking news for you now. President Trump, just moments ago at the historically black Benedict College, seemingly compared the impeachment inquiry to the unfair treatment in the criminal justice system.
2: We make tremendous strides to deliver greater economic promise to all our citizens. We'll never let up on our efforts to ensure that our justice system is fair for every single American. And I have my own experience. You know that. You see what's going on with the witch hunt. It's a terrible thing that's going on in our country. No crimes.
1: You might remember just a few days ago, President Trump tweeted, quote, all Republicans must remember what they are witnessing here regarding himself, a lynching. CNN's Abby Phillip is at the White House for us. And Abby, we know some Republicans have urged the president to focus on governing, but he keeps injecting the impeachment inquiry into day-to-day comments, day-to-day uh, events, uh, including times that he seems to be suggesting that he is akin to the victims of the uh, civil rights horrors of this country.
9: And, in fact, this visit was supposed to be about the president reaching out to African-American voters, talking about uh, his championing of the First Step Act uh, to to rectify uh, the ways in which the criminal justice system unfairly targets African-Americans. But he compared uh, that uh, history to himself and what he's facing. He says uh, these investigations are an investigation in search of a crime, and it underscores uh, the challenge for Republicans as they continue to urge the president to focus on governing – even at the same time that the White House is struggling to come up with a plan to deal with the ongoing impeachment probe on Capitol Hill. But the president also has yet another problem, and that is an anonymous senior official in his own government who is coming out with a tell-all book featuring the president's own words. I'm not a fan of never-Trumpers, and I never will be. As President Trump rails against never-Trump Republicans and the so-called deep state, an anonymous senior Trump official plans to use the president's own words against him in an explosive new tell-all book out next month. The author, whose identity still hasn't been revealed, will reportedly rely on extensive notes from meetings and conversations with Trump writing on the book's back cover that there is no better witness to his character than his own words and no better evidence of the danger he poses than his own conduct. All this coming as the White House continues to flounder without a plan for dealing with the impeachment inquiry unfolding on Capitol Hill. Sources telling CNN aides continue to feud over whether there should be a war room and who would lead it. Here's the thing.
2: I don't have teams. Everyone's talking about teams. I'm the team. I did nothing wrong.
9: But three sources told CNN that Trump's son-in-law and senior advisor Jared Kushner is pushing to bring in former Treasury Department aide Tony Sayeg to lead the impeachment messaging efforts, which includes personally attacking Democrats conducting the impeachment probe.
2: I know people are still in a basement, in a secure room in the basement. Uh, trying to make us look as bad as possible, but that's not working too well.
9: And going after the senior diplomatic officials who've testified, like Ukraine Ambassador Bill Taylor, whose testimony was described by one lawmaker as damning.
2: Here's the problem he's a never trumper, and his lawyer's a never trumper.
9: But there is no evidence that Taylor, a Vietnam veteran who has served presidents in both parties, actually is a never trumper. Trump now blaming his secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, who recruited Taylor to serve in Ukraine.
2: Hey, everybody makes mistakes. Mike Pompeo, everybody makes mistakes.
9: There was talk of a war room being set up back when the White House was trying to deal with the Mueller probe. But at that time, they also decided against creating one. Instead, White House aides and even the president's campaign took their cues from President Trump's Twitter feed. That seems to be happening yet again. Jake.
1: All right, Abby Phillips thanks so much. Uh, uh, Nia Malika Henderson, let me start with you. Um, I was not expecting President Trump to bring up impeachment during this uh, event where he was going to be talking about criminal justice right. reform. And the first stepped act, he was... Uh, getting a lot of uh, kudos for this bipartisan act and one of the few truly bipartisan achievements of his presidency. Um, And he seemed to kind of step in it a little bit.
3: Yeah, and it's not surprising in that way, right? I mean, the president is obsessed with impeachment. Folks want him to keep on message and focus on the good things uh, that his administration has done. He is there at an HBCU in Columbia, uh, South Carolina, likening himself uh, apparently uh, to African Americans who are often uh, the victims of criminal justice systems, sort of the inequities in the criminal justice system. It's something we saw him do before, uh, likening himself to a lynching, uh, you know, victims, uh, which again was an inappropriate. uh, you know, sort of linkage because what we know about what actually happened with lynching victims, right? Uh, denied justice, hung from trees uh, for speaking to a white woman or anything like that. And so, listen, this is what Donald Trump does. I think any speech that he gives in front of an audience like this, he's going to mention uh, impeachment. He's going to mention the sense that he feels like he's uh, the victim of an unjust process. So, I think that's what we're going to get. I don't think, listen, I don't understand why when folks go before African American communities, it always has to be about criminal justice uh, <laughs> reform. Uh, that's just sort of a pit peeve. I think African-Americans care more about uh, education and health care. Certainly they care about criminal justice as well, but there are a wide range of issues you yeah. can talk about in front of African-Americans.
1: And, and to, to Lou, one of the other things the president said that was interesting is he seemed to suggest that under a democratic president, they would never do this to a democratic president, he said. They would, they would never go after uh, and try to impeach a democratic president. Well, I mean, it was just a few years ago that Bill Clinton was impeached. Well,
6: yeah, I mean, you've heard this from the president. He does feel (laughs) aggrieved by this process. He said this should never happen to another president again. He feels like he's been under investigation since he walked into the Oval Office on January 20th, 2017. So he's making that message. And it's a message that works with much of his base because they also feel aggrieved and attacked in some ways. So. The president's made a decision that he's going to have a base first play. In some cases, he goes outside of his base, like today, where he talked about criminal justice reform in front of a historically black college, but he still sort of reverted to this uh, aggrieved messaging, talking about, you know, the witch hunt, talking about people who are attacking him. And he thinks that works for him. And in some ways, it does work for him. It
7: was it a wasn't headline in the Post, by the way, on, on, on the day of the inaugural, right, yeah. like, the, the impeachment, let the impeachment begin. Right. I mean, they did. It was a big, big the Washington order. Post. Yeah. The Washington Post ran a big story on it on the day of the inauguration. But so the president, the president, said president does have uh, does have some uh, some grounds to feel aggrieved, I would say.
1: Well, every president has grounds to feel <laughs> aggrieved, I would say. But, David, let me ask you. The president said, here's the thing. Everyone keeps talking about teams. I don't have teams. I'm the team uh, in terms of whether or not he should have a team to combat the the messaging. It seems like you disagree with that. Like he should have a, 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 so so
7: look, I I think the president is, 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 he had a great message here today. He's done, really done a great, great deal of, of work here in a bipartisan fashion, big bipartisan victory, getting this, uh, first step done, first step back done, doing a lot of good for a lot of people. And you kind of step on the message, right? So, um, I, I do agree. I think there should be, you know, a better coordination of the message, but you know, the president, president's the you know messenger number one like you know he's the decider number one Bush was and yeah this is the messenger
1: then there I want to ask you about this new book uh coming from the senior administration official from the Trump administration who wrote that New York Times op-ed a year ago. Um, on the back of the book, uh, Axios reported this first, but, but we're following up and confirming it. On the back of the book, it says, quote, You will hear a great deal from Donald Trump directly, for there is no better witness to his character than his own words and no better evidence of the danger he poses than his own conduct. Uh, Axios reporting that the Trump administration official was a, f- a frequent participant in meetings uh, with President Trump on plans to recount specific conversations and had access to internal Notes. What do you think?
8: Well, I'm sure there's lots of people who have access to conversations. That's part of working in the White House; is so you're yeah. supposed to have access to conversations. I think we'd all, all feel a little bit better if there was a name to this book, and uh, if we to the were, author, you mean? Right, to the author that if we knew who Anonymous was, and we also, if this was done in the same way that journalists journalists work with anonymous yeah. sources, right, where it's fact checked, it's vetted. Um, there's you know two or three people who also have to verify the facts. So I think this is going to read more like right. a personal memoir, and God bless whoever it is. It's a great play for money.
7: No, I, the title should be cowardice, not anonymous. <laughs> All
1: right, everyone, stick around. We've got more to talk about. He has signed on to a resolution in the Senate condemning the uh, way that the impeachment inquiry is happening. Republican Senator John Kennedy from Louisiana joins me live next. Stay with us.
2: This was a perfect conversation, but this was a perfect conversation with the president of Ukraine. I had a perfect conversation with the president of Ukraine. Perfect.
1: President Trump today attempting to defend his call with the Ukrainian President Zelensky using his go to description of the conversation. Perfect. Joining me now to talk about this and more, Republican Senator from Louisiana, John Kennedy. Senator Kennedy, thanks for joining us as always. We appreciate it. So I want to dive right in. Here are the facts that we know. We know that the President asked the Ukrainian President mm-hmm. to investigate Joe and Hunter Biden. We know that there are individuals in the White House and the State Department and the larger diplomatic corps who were alarmed by the request. I guess just whether or not there's a quid pro quo proven, do you think it's wrong for a president, any president, to ask a foreign leader to investigate one of his domestic political opponents?
5: It depends on the circumstances. And let me explain, Jake, what I mean by that. Um, Here's what I think the entire case is going to come down to. Did the president ask for an investigation of a political rival? Or did the president ask for an investigation of possible corruption by someone who happens to be a political rival? There's a difference. One would be in his self-interest. The other would be in the national interest. Uh, If the president, for example, had asked for an investigation of Senator Elizabeth Warren, that would have been over the line because uh, her son or daughter— uh, did not receive a lucrative contract after she was put in charge of the uh, affairs of Ukraine. Mm-hmm. I think this entire case, I mean, p- put all the bovine waste and the spin and the innuendo aside, I think it's all going to come down to motive, uh, intent, um, mens rea. Did the the, the the president have a good faith basis so for asking... Or this investigation can you point to any other
1: time in the Trump presidency where this president seemed alarmed at potential corruption in any country Saudi Arabia, Israel, Pakistan any other country
5: Oh I think the president is against corruption I, I think we all are no but any and I don't, I just mean like against instances. I mean like any
1: any time that he specifically pointed to and pressed a foreign leader, to cut down and and crack down on corruption.
5: Mm -hmm. Well, I don't know about a foreign leader because I'm not privy to those calls. But, for example, the president puts together a proposed budget with his Office of of, uh, uh, Management and Budget and they send it to us and there are many suggestions that they make uh, to try to reduce programs that are, in their judgment, wasting money and possibly have roots of corruption in them.
1: I mean, you, you're a pretty savvy guy. You really think it's just a coincidence that the person that President Trump was pressing who had alleged corruption, and we should point out that Ukrainian prosecutors have said they have seen no evidence of any Mm -hmm. legal wrongdoing by hunter biden or joe biden but you think it might just be a coincidence that it happens to be the Mm -hmm. current democratic front runner to run against him in 2020 and it's just that he heard about it and it was actually legitimately offended by it and not because Mm -hmm. this is the person who could be best able to beat him in 2020
5: well i think it's more than a coincidence Um, here are the facts that we know i'm not making any allegations But uh, Vice President Biden was put in charge of the uh, foreign affairs with two countries by President Obama, China and Ukraine. Um, His son, Hunter Biden, walked away with lucrative contracts from both. We know that the Ukrainian government charged uh, Mr. Zlokievsky, who owns Burisma, on which he put Hunter Biden as a board member, charged him with giving himself natural gas operating licenses while he was Secretary of Natural Resources in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. That matter has never been investigated. Right now it is sitting in front of UK- Ukraine's anti National Anti-Corruption Bureau. I'm not making any allegations, I'm just saying I suspect the President's going to argue, and I think he actually believes, Jake, that he has a good faith basis. For asking about a uh, an investigation of these circumstances before he commits hard-earned taxpayer dollars to Ukraine
1: well you're sure willing to give him the now, benefit the, of the doubt the, there the, I mean the, the, that's, the that proceedings, seems yeah
5: well the proceeding. excuse me the proceedings are entirely different story Um I'm very disappointed in the in uh, in speaker Pelosi's and uh, Chairman Schiff's directive I mean I think th- I think the judicial philosophy of Speaker Pelosi and Chairman Schiff is guilty. Um, I think that these proceedings, these impeachment proceedings are rigged.
1: They're Why do being you say held that?
5: in secret. Well, so let's, talk, t- let's talk about well, that if we let me, could. Let me, I want to get,
1: I I, no, get your reaction yeah, to this ahead. because you signed on to this resolution in the Senate from McConnell and Graham and one of the issues it takes uh, takes issue with. And you just noted it, is this closed door depositions, uh, House and Democrats, House for Democrats right. and House Republicans are both co-op, uh, participating in this. Um, but the depositions are in private. Mm-hmm. This was standard standard operating procedure when Republicans controlled the House. I want you to take a listen to this quick clip from then Oversight Committee Chairman Trey Gowdy just one year ago. <laughs> Public
4: hearings are a circus, Margaret. I mean, that's why I don't like to do them. I don't do many of them. I, I, I mean, they're, it's a freak show. I mean, the private interviews are much more constructive.
5: That's how Republicans did it. That's not how I said it. I don't agree with, with uh, Congressman Gowdy. I mean, here's my personal opinion. Um, I think that the hearings are purposely being held in secret, so they can control the narrative. Uh, Chairman Schiff can leak selectively parts of the transcripts that uh, reaffirm his prejudice. To we, have no, I, we have no idea
1: who's the leaking, just for, the, who's, just for the record. We have no idea who's leaking anything.
5: Who's, who, okay, okay. Uh, I think he intentionally leaks certain, member, certain parts of the transcript to friendly members of the press who suck it up like a Hoover Deluxe. Uh, I think it's a mistake to close the hearings off from the American people and so they can't judge the evidence. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, democracy dies in darkness. Um, he, the, the, uh, there are no opposing uh, witnesses. Uh, if you're a member of the committee, you don't get access to all the documents. Uh, the president's counsel cannot be there. The president's counsel cannot, it's, but it's, that's, that's what this
1: trial will be for in the Senate. The, the trial in the Senate, that's when the president's counsel will be there. that's when uh, opposing witnesses will be there. And let me just ask you because we're running out of time, but the Senate Intelligence Committee run mm-hmm. by your colleague Republican Senator Richard Burr, uh, also has a great many hearings and depositions completely in mm-hmm. private, completely in private. Um, that's true. And, that's I, true. and but Democrats are allowed with to participate
5: well, not always, not all the they're information is classified. They're dealing with classified information. Not, not everything is Almost that all of it is. There's, there's, no, there's no classified information here. Look, Jake, I, I respect your opinion. I, I'm just telling you how I see it, and I think how the average fair-minded American sees this, not the well-intentioned crazies on each wing. I think the average American is looking at this, and they're saying, look, we're going to annul an American election. We're going to impeach a, a president of the United States, and we're going to do it in total secret and not let but, the American people see the evidence. Sir, that's not, how not many, what's happening, Can though. I just finish this thought? Sure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I mean, I, how many members of Congress suffer from mental, mental illness? Uh, none. They, they seem to enjoy it. That's what the average American is thinking. Well, I mean, this is going to annul... A presidential election, and you're going to do it behind closed doors. What happened to democracy dies in darkness. So,
1: just two points, and then I have to bid you farewell. One, this is just the beginning of the process, sure. right? I mean, there's going to be a public part of this, and then there will be a public vote on uh, impeachment, and then it goes. And then it goes, assuming that the impeachment passes, uh, the resolution passes, then it goes to the Senate, and then there will be a trial. So, this is not the entirety of the impeachment process. This is just the beginning. And then uh, second of all, it just seems like there are different standards when when Republicans are in charge, whether it's Senator Burr or Trey Gowdy, they can have depositions in private. But when Democrats do it, then it is nefarious and conspiratorial, even though House Republicans are in there, too.
5: Well, I think it is conspiratorial. Well, I wouldn't use the word conspiratorial, Jake. I think that Speaker Pelosi and uh, Chairman Schiff have decided that they're going to give the president a fair and impartial firing squad, and they want to keep the, uh, the proceedings secret so they can selectively leak portions that support their predisposition and, and make it available to friendly members of the media, who I said, they suck it up like a Hoover of as
1: As they did when Republicans were in charge during Benghazi, etc. Senator uh, John Kennedy, uh, Kennedy of Louisiana, thank you so much. We always appreciate having you on.
5: Thank you, Jake. Have a good weekend, man.
1: You too. It's been the subject of scrutiny since it opened and President Trump took office. And now the Trump family may be seeking to get rid of their D.C. hotel and wait until you hear the Trumpian reason why. In our money lead, the Trump organization is considering selling the rights to license the Trump hotel right here in Washington, D.C. I want to get right to CNN's Christina and Christina, what's the rationale behind the potential sell?
10: Well, the Trump Organization is saying because of all of the controversy that surrounds this hotel. But that is just part of the story, Jake. In a statement, Eric Trump, who runs the Trump Organization on a day-to-day basis, tells us, quote, People are objecting to us making so much money on the hotel, and therefore we may be willing to sell. But let me set the record straight here. It's not because that the quote-unquote hotel is making so much money that ethics officials have a problem with this hotel. They really see any dollar made as problematic when it comes to this hotel because it potentially could be a conduit to curry favor with the administration. That is the problem. It is also subject to at least—it's also included in at least three lawsuits Редактор about potential violations of the Constitution's anti-corruption clause, Jake, and as for the allegation or the statement, rather, that this hotel is making so much money, that bears further investigation as well. Look, I've covered this property for years now, and I know that after the inauguration, there was a slight bump in business. But since then, and all of the scrutiny since then, uh, it's unclear how well the business is doing, because a lot of companies that go to D.C for conferences or have their executives stay in D.C. that take meetings. They want to avoid the hotel. So that business may be going to competitors. And also the Trump organization has to be very careful about marketing to foreigners, Jake. So lots of questions. I'll be on the story and bring you more when I have it.
1: All right, Christina Leschi, thank you so much. Appreciate it. While all eyes are on his his son, Joe Biden is going after somebody in President Trump's family. Who is it? Well, that's next. Stay with us.
5: You have less than nine million in the bank. Bernie Sanders has 30, nearly thirty-four million dollars in the bank. Senator Warren has twenty-six million. How do you compete against that?
2: I just flat beat them.
5: <laughs> We're on the course to do extremely well. I'm not. I'm not worried about being able to fund this campaign. Mm-hmm. I really
2: am not. Truly.
1: Former Vice President Joe Biden strung, striking a presumptuous tone when comparing himself to his Democratic opponents in an interview with Nora O'Donnell. Let's discuss. Uh, and now your um, recent polls show Biden in a statistical tie with Elizabeth Warren in Iowa, New Hampshire. First contest coming up in roughly 100 days. He, he's not doing well with the fundraising. And that is an important part of this. I mean, I know he's putting on a, a good face there, but must they not be worried
8: Well, the key part of this actually is name recognition, and he certainly has that after having served eight years uh, as the nation's vice president and a long career prior to that. So that's an easy way for people to identify uh, with him is the fact that he is former vice president Joe Biden. And that's that's part of why everybody else needs so money is that they can play catch up.
1: But, David, uh, you've raised money. Uh, (laughs) This is a not a good sign.
7: No, It's not a good sign. So, uh, you know, apparently the vice president gobs money at the early outset. Right. Big donors, big chunks of change. Um, the other candidates have raised 25 bucks from other donors. They can go back over and over and over, right? This is, this is a sign about enthusiasm. The fact that Joe Biden has less than $9 million in the bank shows that the grassroots in the Democratic Party just doesn't want Joe Biden as their nominee.
1: That's interesting. And Biden also said if elected president, his children will not work uh, in the Biden White House. Biden was also asked about President Trump's son-in-law, Jared Kushner, who does work in the White House, as does uh, Ivanka Trump. Take a listen.
0: Do you believe
5: President Trump's children have acted properly and avoided conflicts of interest? Look, I wasn't raised to go after the children. Their actions speak for themselves. You don't it's, think Jared Kushner should be negotiating a Middle East peace solution? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. What what credential does he bring to that?
1: Is that a contradiction? He says, I wasn't raised to go after the children. And then he says, no, the Jared, children, well, the son, the child-in-law, Jared
3: Kushner. Yes, in some ways it is, uh, but I do think there's obviously a contradiction coming from the Trump uh, campaign and the Trump orbit, too, going after Hunter Biden. I think Brad Parscale released a statement basically praising the work that Ivanka has done, praising uh, the work that Jared has done. Of course, they've gotten their jobs because of their last names and their family affiliation. So this is, I think, a tricky area both for Trump uh, and for Biden, and they're trying to, particularly Biden, is trying to see his way clear of it.
1: And one Weird kind of development this week uh, has to do with Tulsi Gabbard uh, and what she is doing. Uh, She has been going on Fox a lot. Uh, which is not where there are a lot of Democratic primary voters. She has said she's not running for re-election for her House seat. She's not going to run as a third-party candidate. Do you have any idea what's going on?
6: It's hard to tell what she's doing or what her end game is. She definitely is a different kind of candidate, and it's part of the reason that the Fox News crowd likes her, because she's different from the normal Democrats. A lot of times she goes on conservative media, and she gives talking points that are in line with what Uh, is popular there, including earlier this week, she said that she's not on board with the impeachment process. She basically was on on board with what the Republicans were saying, that impeachment was not uh, going forward in the right way. All right,
1: thanks one and all, and have a great weekend. A presidential farewell to the master of the House, and that's next. (laughs) A packed house in Baltimore today. the funeral of the late Congressman Elijah Cummings, Democrat of Maryland. 2020 candidates, congressional colleagues, Democrats, Republicans, family, friends, all paying tribute to Cummings and his legacy. Former Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama delivered eulogies, Obama saying this about the Honorable Elijah Cummings.
0: This is a title that we confer
4: on all kinds of people who get elected to of public office. But Elijah Cummings was honorable before he was elected to office.
8: There's a difference.
1: Cummings died last week due to long standing health challenges. He was 68 years old. May his memory be a blessing. Be sure to tune in this Sunday morning to State of the Union. My guests include Democratic Senator Chris Murphy and the top Republican on the House Armed Services Committee, Congressman Mac Thornberry. You can see that 9 and noon Eastern. Our coverage on CNN continues. Right now, have a fantastic and meaningful weekend. I will see you Sunday
0: morning. When you work, you work next level. When you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number Smart Beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 Smart Bed is only $1,599.